Hello everyone, this is Attack the Backlog, the podcast where I, Mark Kuznez, tries to make a dent in their backlog one game at a time. This is episode 31, Dead Nation, a top-down twin-stick shooter set in an apocalyptic world full of zombies, capitalism, and working vending machines. Capitalism may be a bit of a stretch, but I thought it sounded pretty good and some dude in a van is willing to provide you with the weaponry you need in order to take down hordes of zombies. For the right price, of course. Dead Nation originally came out on November 30th, 2010 for PlayStation 3 and later made its way to PlayStation 4 and Vita, yeah, Vita, in 2014. The first thing that comes to mind when I think of my time with Dead Nation is boring, followed immediately by tedious, with a heavy serving of miserable to round out the dish. I don't know what I expected of Dead Nation. As a twin-stick shooter, it feels perfectly fine. But actually playing it, going through the 10 missions, each of which are broken up into a handful of sections, grew old real fast and I wanted nothing more than for it to not last. Regardless of the mission and where you're at in the city, the game only ever consists of shooting hordes of zombies and nothing else. Again, I don't know what I was expecting. Maybe it's just that a game like this can't sustain itself for too long before it becomes repetitive. I mean, what can you do with a twin stick shooter besides a lot of shooting? Enemy variety would be a good start, right? And yes, Dead Nation has its share of special zombies. In a way, it's trying to be a top-down Left 4 Dead, trying and failing, of course. But the special zombies never felt all that special, in large part because they're all zombies we've seen before, like a big fat one that explodes when it gets close, a giant one with blade hands that charges at you like a tank, or a little one with a big head that spits green fluid at you. The special zombies, when they showed up, never filled me with fright and the regular zombies were more of a nuisance than anything else. Maybe it's because I played on normal difficulty and rarely ever found the game all that difficult except for an annoying section in the graveyard and when I did find it challenging, it was more so because the game likes to be cheap at times and spawn hordes of zombies in all directions which can be overwhelming but since I only ever use my default rifle most of the time, I always had more than enough ammo for my additional weapons whenever things got a little too crazy. But overall, the game was a breeze, which is a big part of why it was so boring. And even when it got a little challenging, those moments weren't exciting or fun. They were just tedious as most challenging sections only involved needing to take out more zombies than usual. Oh, so exciting. Again, I don't know how you make a game like this exciting for an entire campaign. When I think about recent twin six shooters I've enjoyed, a lot of them coming from 10 tons limited, they're more often than not structured around short missions that only last a few minutes. A lot of them have some kind of progression system, a way to level up and whatnot, but the actual act of playing them consists of small bite-sized chunks which works a lot better than the longer mission structure of Dead Nation where a mission often dragged after being in the same environment for over 10 minutes. But ignoring mission structure, other twin six shooters also have more interesting enemy designs and ways of dispatching enemies or different mechanics like time manipulation or the ability to augment your character with very special powers. In Dead Nation, all you get are new weapons and new armor, most of which are boring. The SMG feels fine, the shotgun feels terrible and underpowered, the flamethrower seems 
oddly useless, the rocket launcher feels even more underpowered than the shotgun, the blade cannon is actually pretty cool especially when powered up, and the last weapon, the shocker, reminded me a lot of the flamethrower only more useless. If the shocker was powerful, I never got a sense of it while using it. And then the armor is something you find in large crates scattered across the world giving you a boost to your speed, strength, and or durability. Good, yes, but not that exciting. There is a story in Dead Nation in case you were wondering, but it's throwaway and outside of the twist at the end, I didn't care about any of it. And I only cared about the twist because it made me think, hmm, a sequel could be interesting and potentially feature some cool and different mechanics, but that of course didn't happen and will never happen. And so, what else is there to say? Dead Nation left me incredibly disappointed and a little dead inside. It took me roughly three and a half hours to get through and I can't help but feel like those hours were wasted. Also, I played it on a base PS4 and it would regularly freeze up for a second here and there at times. It never affected gameplay, but it was annoying and more frequent than expected, something hopefully absent if playing on the Pro. But don't let me scare you away. If you're a fan of Twin Six Shooters, you may end up finding something in Dead Nation I didn't. Fun. And if you've been a PlayStation Plus member for a while, you may have a free copy of Dead Nation sitting in your collection, waiting to be played. So why not give it a shot? Anyway, that will do it for this here episode of Attack the Backlog. Once again, I am your host, Mark Kuznez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast and the Pixelated Sausage podcast both of which are available on podcast services across the globe, like Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, and newly added to Pandora. Yeah, Pandora. It still exists, and it's a thing. And now, all the Pixelated Sausage podcasts are on there. Also, if you'd like to check out the video version of this here show or the Pixelated Sausage podcast, you can go over to youtube.com slash pixelated sausage and watch them there. If you'd like to check out the art I make, you can go over to pxsart.com if you see something you like. Click the link and it'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. As always, Thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. A secluded underground bunker sounded as good a place as any. After hours of flying, I finally approached the Ego Gate facility. They were probably going to push and prod me for the rest of my life, but I was tired of running and hiding. So, Mr. McCready, did you get my tissue sample? Yeah. Here's your sample. Dr. Morton then signaled the lab technicians, and I was ushered into a bio-container, a lot like the one I found Patient Zero in. The doc told me they'd found a way to fuse my DNA with that of Patient Zero's, turning me into a living source for the cure. But I guess that's what they told everyone. There was no cure. I was to become a bioweapon like the others before me, immune to the virus, programmed, obedient. Of course, they didn't know about the cyanide capsule, still hidden inside my mouth. Since I was no good to them dead, I bit down hard. When I flatlined, Dr. Morton rushed to open my container, but he was right. The virus had mutated, and I was no longer immune. 
first kill.